And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by StravaCraft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR20 when you order your StravaCraft Coffee because they'll hook you up with 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich and potentially life altering StravaCraft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we have got a smorgasbord of exciting things to talk about. We get to wrap up. I, I owe the people an explanation and quite frankly, an apology for my performance in yesterday's draft. I've, I've, I lost sleep over it last night, Pat. No. I, I just, <laughs> I couldn't believe the mistakes that I made. Uh, we got to go on through and diagnose some of these things and figure out where exactly I went wrong. We've also got to talk about some great news inside the the overarching umbrella yes. of Major League Baseball. But before we get into all of that, we've got to get to the hot button topic that we largely avoided yesterday, and that is these rumors about Nolan Arenado to the Mets brought to you by a guy who's never been wrong about the Colorado Rockies, John Morrissey. But all that aside, and, and without rehashing too much of not only what we said yesterday, but all the things that we've said about all of the Nolan Arenado rumors for the last three or four years now, at least going into 2018. We can break a little bit of this down, Patrick, because we left this one part of the window open, right? Which is that actually a trade to the Mets is one of the very few places that actually makes a great deal of sense for the Rockies if something can be worked out there. They've got a few different things uh, that they can offer. They've got some young talent to offer the Rockies. They've got probably more of an ability than anyone else in baseball with the new ownership to take on that big gigantic contract that Nolan has, or at least most of it. Right. And even a piece, like I think the one that, that raised the most eyebrows, right. The Robinson Cano thing, the idea that the Rockies would take back a player who's going to be under suspension for PEDs for an entire year in exchange for this guy who's, unless something catastrophic happens, going to go down as the greatest third baseman in the history of the game. And so uh, Rockies fans are a bit befuddled. Can, can you make some sense of those particular names for people? Well, the, the first piece of sense we have to make is that, again, these are just rumors. You know, nothing is definitive. Right. A lot of players get their names thrown around, you know, in, in these circumstances. We will say, I will have to say that Trevor Story doesn't typically find his name being thrown around in 
trade rumors, uh, at least not until this year. Obviously, it was maybe speculated a little uh, before the 2020 season. Hey, he's got two years left. Now would be a good time if they weren't contending. But everyone kind of recognized that Colorado, you know, felt strongly that you know, their window was still open. They had it down 2019. But you got this star shortstop for the next two years. You might as well keep him. But the star third baseman, there have been those rumors for a very long time. And, you know, he's made certain declarations to the media and, you know, kind of has, you know, shown his frustration maybe a little bit more than, than he should have in the past, you know, a public, you know, spat with the, the general manager also where somebody, you know, when you look around the league and you you try to figure out, all right, well, we know people are going to, you know, get traded for and and teams are looking, are going to look to improve in the off season. You can't just do it with free agency. You got to do it, you know, with drafting, developing and making trades at a time in which you're ready to contend. And Nolan Arenado kind of ticks off all of those boxes and and ticks off a lot of Rockies fans as well. (laughs) They hear his name. So the Mets definitely would be a, a, a good fit probably to really become the player that they wanted David Wright to be this hall of fame, Right, third baseman. I think when Wright was healthy, he was a Hall of Fame caliber third yeah. baseman, but unfortunately never reached, um, you know, those heights. Partially due to a lot of injuries that really, you know, set back his career. Retired at a relatively young age for a guy who was one of the star players for a, a period of time, and so Arenado would would fit in there really well with new acquisition James McCann. They also bolstered their bullpen with Trevor May. And in order to make the deal work, again, as you said, the Mets are going to be more likely to make it work uh, in more ways than one, besides just what they'd be offering. But you don't have to worry about seeing Nolan Arenado 19 times every Yeah, season. There, Yeah, yeah there's that six. element of it too, right? So yeah. the Dodgers may even give you a better package, and they may even pay a tax on Nolan Arenado because they know you, you don't want to trade me Nolan Arenado. So we right. pay more for you. We'd happily do that. But the Mets provide a much better fit for the Rockies and the money becomes a major issue. It's one of the things that you learn once you really start diving into baseball and try to understand, well, what did this GM see in this deal or why did this player accept, you know, this deal for guaranteed money when in free agency in a couple of years, he would have made more. One of those business dealings is everything that we talk about on Free Trade Friday, this idea that a player has a value, but then his contract has a value. Right. And Nolan Arenado is due close to $200 million going forward here. And that's a lot to eat up at a time when, again, Major League Baseball has lost, according to them, about $3 <laughs> billion. We'll never know. Right. So you say money is going to be an issue. And Colorado would either have to pay down some of Arenado's contract, or as you mentioned, you might need to take back a bad contract. And Robinson Cano's contract is not very good because it's still got two years, $48 million. And it's not this year and next year for the two years. No, as you were alluding to, PED suspension for 2021. So now we're talking in two years and three years from now when he's two years and three years older at $48 million. And yeah. those are not very good optics. No, no. A lot of people have rightfully compared this concept to the Jose Reyes, Troy Tulowitzki situation. Very, yeah. very similar yeah. uh, rationale went into that. And uh, though there are some key differences. One was, I, I do think back then the Rockies thought, 
they could get a little something out of Jose Reyes in the meantime. They knew they had potential in Trevor's story more than other people did. They still don't get enough credit for that. But um, regardless of that, they, they did think that they were going to have Reyes as a buffer. They certainly weren't expecting Story to arrive on the scene and be what he was right away. And in this case, I don't think that they have any inclination that like Cano would be a, a plus on the field for them right now. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think that they, it really would just be to make the contracts work. Um, the other thing where there is a big difference is obviously in what the Rockies are, are sending back. Right. And while there's a similar kind of giant question mark value about Nolan Arenado as an asset or as a contract, as you said, there were far more questions about Troy Tulowitzki's health and the writing really was on the wall that, you know, he may not be able to have very many years left. And as it turned out, he didn't have very many years left. And so I think this is one of those things where you can get better out of those other pieces that you're really aiming for, right? Famously too low, you know, and it'll bring back Jeff Hoffman, Miguel Castro and Jesus Tinoco, none of whom turned into really anything for the Rockies at all. Um, and now all of whom at this current moment, <laughs> we'll keep you updated on Jesus Tinoco. That goes back and forth. I have to double check it. Is he with the Rockies? Is he not with the Rockies? But <laughs> the other guys are not <laughs> that I know conclusively at this point. And, you know, this is where I think the Mets do provide an opportunity. And where the other name that's been floated, while I don't think he should be the centerpiece of a, of a Nolan Arenado trade, uh, I love Brandon Nimmo and we're not going to go too far down the free trade Friday path here and, and try to create an actual trade that we like uh, that, that actually maybe helps the Rockies, but taking on a bad contract like Cano, especially if you basically just plan to buy him out. Cause remember the Jose Reyes thing, while it was really ugly to see as Patrick just laid out there, the Rockies paying Jose Reyes $20 million a year. He did not play. He played for the Mets that year. Um, Ultimately, the Rockies saved money in that deal. And I, I really can't. I used to have the the number. I think it was like $30 million, something to that effect. I'd have to go back and look. It was a decent chunk of money. While in the short term, they did have to pay Jose Reyes some stuff that looked ugly. And that's what they would have to do for Robinson Cano. Maybe even just buying him out of that thing outright. In the long term, they would save money. you know, And it, that's a, that's an interesting way to look at it, depending on what they brought back in, in the meantime. And a Brandon Nimmo is a, it's just a player I, I really like. I I think, you know, the fact that he walks so much leads some of the advanced stats to overrate him just a little bit. Uh, I don't know if that skill translates as well to uh, the Coors Field environment. Uh, I don't know if he's taking advantage uh, of things as well out there, but he's a, he's a Wyoming boy who grew up a Rockies fan. Who's got gap to gap power and uh, great smile. <laughs> he's a solid defender, but not a great one. You know, I worry about him in the outfield out there, but he's the kind of guy that if, if he did come back as part of, I, I think is the second most interesting piece in a Nolan Arenado trade. If there was a pitching prospect that got you a little excited and then Brandon Nimmo was the guy they threw you in the meantime to, to maybe solve a little bit of this outfield conundrum we've been talking about in the, with the loss of David Dahl. Uh, I think you've done really well there. Yeah. You're going to have to eat, eat some money and, and Cano is really the, the biggest one yeah. on the books for, for the Mets that, that, that can, 
come over and it and it does seem like as you mentioned with the Tulo deal you know a lot of a lot of similarities the you know the the one thing i think that the the rockies as an organization suffer the most from is a um a, a lack of sample size every everything that they've done has like oh there's only really one instance or, or two instances of this so i think you know very you you look in the recent past and go all right well so they had a star in Troy Tulowitzki trade him for a bunch of young guys to help build going forward okay that didn't work okay so we need major league talent now you know because that <laughs> really right. doesn't work and it's only that was only one deal you know the Matt Holiday deal that that did end up working essentially right. you know, if you look right. at it from those parameters so I I think you know the Rockies again they they've just suffered from that they're still the relatively speaking the new kid on the block. And so I, I think they are going to be looking for more major league talent. And Nimmo would would fit in really well there. Only has two more years of control after um, mm. or going into this season, right. uh, but would be would be great batting leadoff. You know what I mean? That might make it things a little bit more comfortable for for Ryan Altapia. You like him setting the table there, and you have uh, you have a prospect maybe coming as well. So you get three for the price of one. Robinson Cano, you know, you're not too excited about, but I don't know that you necessarily are looking to buy him out just yet. Cause he's, he's totally away from the team. You can try it. Yeah. 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 You can, yeah. You can wait a year and roll him out there and, and see, I mean, the guy has always been able to hit. Um, and after this next CBA, if there's a designated hitter in the national league, there you got yeah. your veteran designated yeah. hitter that could one day go to the baseball hall of fame and whether or not no, you think not. of him as a Rockies player. And he's certainly not going to have that on his cap, even in the best of, of cases, you can still say, Hey, all right, now there's a lot more purple. You can see up there in upstate New York and Cooperstown. So, you know, that's, it's something nice, something positive to dream about, but uh, certainly a much different circumstance than with, with Jose Reyes, as you said, uh, as far as you, you thought you could probably get a lot more out of Jose Reyes. I don't know if, if the upside is as big as Robinson Cano. Cano's got some baggage and is getting suspended, but it's certainly not as bad as Jose Reyes and domestic violence issues. Right. Um, Reyes' baggage showed up after he arrived. True. So that was a little bit, you know, so, so you're acquiring a guy with known baggage in this situation. Um, but yeah, at it's, least it's worth getting Robinson now, Cano just for the idea that maybe Jay Z will come to Coors Field. That's what I'm maybe like, Jay, I have we can we confirm if Jay Z has ever been to uh Coors Field? I'm gonna guess, I'm gonna, no. guess, I'm gonna guess no as well. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna so put there, that, there could be some under. I'm gonna take the under on that one. Um, all right, so I don't have a Breck brew on me today to toast because I had two yesterday, but. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I've, I've run out. I am currently in between. There is a shipment on its way mm -hmm. to me, but you can toast your favorite Breck brew at this moment to actually Nolan Arenado, because you know what? He's still on your team. And for right now, it's important to remember, as Patrick said, these are rumors. These are rumors started specifically by New York media and the specifics of them are, as stated, their own idea of what they would like to do, right? And so uh, not time to panic over any of these things. And I am still, I will say this, I am still of the mind that, and it's closer to 50-50, but I'm still of the mind that it's more likely that Nolan Arenado 
actually stays on the Rockies and goes through that opt-out, then that he gets traded. And it's for the same reason it's almost always been, you know, it kind of floats around, but it's it's always been about the difficulty of the specifics. It's one thing to say Nolan Arenado wants out. Nolan Arenado wants to play for a winner. Nolan Arenado doesn't like Jeff Breidich. The Rockies aren't winners, and their GM is Jeff Breidich. Therefore, and reach a whole bunch of conclusions. But you, as we've talked about, you end up doing things like leaving out the players' union, leaving out the general economy right now, uh, leaving out the fact that during Nolan Arenado's lifetime, fifteen to half the teams in baseball have not won the World Series. And the New York Mets aren't exactly perennial World Series winners either. He's got a no trade in his contract. So if he went, you know, I'm happy the Mets got new ownership. I'm happy there's a lot of positive energy around the team. I'm not sure I want to be there on the ground floor just in case these are the same old Mets. I mean, they're going to try to build. Or I'm trying to win right now, not when they can build with this new owner or whatever. Like The Mets... Why would anyone think of them as perennial? So once you start whittling it down to the handful of teams, it makes sense to even want to acquire Nolan Arenado and then to either pay him or provide the Rockies with enough players that it makes sense that they wouldn't just wait for him to take the opt out anyway. Cause it's like, we'll just spend that money on something better rather than take pennies on the dollar to trade the guy. You know, let him take that onus put that on him so i just think there are so many other avenues that actually lead to nolan staying because trades of this caliber are really difficult to pull off and especially so in uncertain times and so i think that the talks will continue because of the clashing of of nolan arenado and jeff breidich and it's not going to stop until one of the two of them is gone and everyone in the rockies community would rather it be the GM than the third baseman. Um, but yeah, it, it'll keep going on. And uh, as long as those two guys have their current jobs, but I don't necessarily think that that means that, you know, where there's enough smoke, there's fire that this thing is going to have to get done because at the end of the day, somebody else on the other side of the phone has to say yes to this and ha they have to do something that makes sense. And the Colorado Rockies can just as easily say, you know, We'll, we'll take this last year of Nolan Arenado, and if he's going to find a better contract than the one we've very fairly and very earnestly offered to him, that we feel like pays him fairly for his services. If he feels like somebody else out there gives him a better chance at the life he wants, then so long and thanks for all the fish. We'll spend that money on someone else. You know, as this thing has dragged on, I've the inkling has grown within me to to think that it, it's more likely that he'll he'll get traded. Um, I'm I'm still maybe around the 50-50 mark, maybe 60-40 that he will get dealt. But at at one point it was it was much less that he was um, not going to be a member of the organization. Um, I it's it's interesting because at at one point I said no, he's not going anywhere, and now I sort of think he'll get traded, and I think I'm going to be right. And like, well, how could you say both things and be right? Well, pre-pandemic, I was the only one that that said that he would stick around with with the Rockies. Um, a year ago, at, at, at this time, at the uh, Denver Press Club, kind of trying to read the tea leaves of what was going on. And yeah, these these things can happen where you know uh, players and, and and front office and the GM can can feud, and then that's not very good. Um, 
And yet I, I just never really believed that, you know, he would opt out to, you know, take, to take less money and that he'd be able to even take that less money. And for that reason, I said, he's going to be, he's going to stick around because he's stuck. Uh, and everyone else said, you know, at, at the time the, the sentiment was, oh yeah, he's, why would he want to stick around? And again, this is a year into this deal that was lauded at the time, but I felt he was going to stick around. And now post pandemic or in this, you know, uh, in the midst of it all, we, again, we know now money is even more valuable now, probably even more so to the Rockies than it is Nolan Arenado. And I think it's for that reason that, you know, the, the Rockies are more interested in, you know, making, making the money, uh, in, improved, if you will, than Nolan. I think Nolan would be fine taking less money uh, to, to, to play for a contender. Does, does he want to go to New York? That's really the biggest issue. Does he want to deal with New York media? Because I think the Mets would love to have him. I think the Rockies would love to get that money off the books and then turn around and, and give some of that money to Trevor Story, who probably knows full well that, you know, look, look what free agents are getting. We, we still know it, what JT Ramuto and Trevor Bauer and all those guys, you know, are going to make George Springer, DJ LeMayhew. But if those numbers are as low as we think they might be, um, and by low, we mean just not, you know, years um, you know, the right. average annual value might be a, a tick lower, but you're going to, you know, you're not going to get a, the six year deal. It's going to be maybe four years or the five year deal is now more like a three year deal, more of a pillow contract. Trevor story is going to go, I would love to go out to, to free agency and, and see what I can get. And maybe I still come back to Colorado or you just go, I'll, I'll take this guaranteed money. And so the Rockies can, you know, it's not a bait and switch, but it is a way to say, you know, what, we need to save some money. Let's go ahead and, and and offload our star third baseman. We can give it to our give a lot of that money to our star shortstop, and still improve our roster and, and still feel like, hey, we can win ninety four games again this year. At least that's how they <laughs> might frame it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I do think that's the most likely scenario under which it would happen, and those are the best reasons to do it. Uh, I, you know, there's just the, there's always been that. The, the other big difference, you know, let's say like the Matt Holiday situation there was they knew for sure he wasn't coming back and they weren't going to be able to sign him in free agency. Right. So stuff like that. And again, as you mentioned, we've got a limited number of things that we can actually compare it to. But um, the loyalty factor with with Dick Monfort can be strong. And, uh, you know, and I, I think I think the only way that what that your scenario plays out is if Nolan Arenado walks into Dick Monfort's office and says, I'm just not coming back here no matter what. So trade me or don't, but I'm not re-signing. And one, I don't see Nolan Arenado doing that, being that frank and that. And there's also no reason just as a, uh, as a business person, who's also a ball player inside of this thing, there's no reason for you to, to show your cards like that. And, it might make him that. less. It might make him less of a viable trade candidate if he goes right. and does that, and word gets out. Now the Mets right. go. So wait, you're telling me that we're only going to have one year? No, no. He just said that to me, but for you guys, yeah, he, he would. He would not opt out, and that. Yeah, you're right. That that could get get messy for sure. Right, right. So, so I, I again, I, I think it's unlikely because I think Dick Monfort would rather. And this is not how this would play out at all. <laughs> but I think, again, we're, we're in his mind, if Nolan opts out, he chose to spurn the Colorado Rockies and their fans and go somewhere else to seek greener pastures. That's right. 
And if Dick Monfort and Jeff Breidich trade him away, they're the ones who got rid of Nolan Arenado. And I will say there is a segment of the fan base for whom that is absolutely true because they won't make that distinction. I've seen a lot of it on Twitter the last couple of days of, you know, if they trade him, I'm done. I'm done being a Rockies fan. I don't care what for. Like they can make the greatest trade of a superstar yeah. in history, right? And it's it like people are just saying, if they trade Nolan Arenado, I'm done. And I think Dick Monfort, Monfort, uh, <laughs> thinks a lot about that element of it. And I think that, yeah, he doesn't want to be the guy who got rid of Nolan Arenado and he would rather just sit there and do nothing and let it run out and get nothing in return. And which, which is worse. That's a problem. And see, that's a problem. And, and, and we've discussed this, you know, off air and, and we don't have to get too deep into it, but, you know, owners want to make money, right? It, it, it's a business, but some owners, they, they want to win championships and, and, and some will, will do whatever it takes, um, you know, a lot more than others, you know, say what you will about, uh, you know, Astro's owner kind of, you know, knowing well, what's going on. I'm well, sure he sees how the, the hot dogs are made, let's just say, but you know, it, it, it does make you, make you think like, is, is that the better option to go? All right. And so Nolan left, we get a, a compensation pick. He goes out and signs with another team. It we're, we're talking like the the 30th pick, like th- that that nothing will happen or come to fruition with that guy, and it is it is a complete unknown. Or you trade him now, and you get a lot more than just one player with with you know first round upside and, and what have you. But then you incur the wrath of the fans, and but but it right. could put you in a better position to win and win a championship, which then thereby brings those fans back. And even more, and creates right. new fans. Right. And I think there's, you're right. I, I think there is that loyalty factor, and 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 that makes a lot of there's sense. There's also the rolling the dice that. on. Sure. Uh, they may, they may think again in their minds, he's not going to opt out. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to do that. And actually, if you saw, we, we were talking about Lambo Media. She was, it was here at the podcast the other day when he had Nolan's mom on, and she she was talking a lot about how much he loves it here, how much he actually loves this team and he loves his teammates and all this stuff. And that's the thing. Those are the things you have to say. And she openly also admitted like, but yeah, he'd like to win and he's not happy. And she said, she said at the end of it, like, it'd be nice to get a picture or two up in here. It's like, yeah, see mom gets it. <laughs> but, but yeah, like I, th- there, because there's that third element where they can roll the dice and go, he might not do it. In fact, I think he won't do it. We're calling his bluff. And boy, that is that is a bluff to call. And as you and I have discussed, it may not even be in the best interest for the Colorado Rockies long-term competitiveness to keep Nolan Arenado through the opt-out. But it all depends on what they do around him. And, and like we've said here, a trade of Nolan Arenado, and, and this is one of the things that, that is difficult and why I, I understand why they feel this weird pressure, right? Because I think for the vast majority of Rockies fans, a trade of Nolan Arenado is a negative thing, no matter what. And I think you've done a great job here of showing why actually a trade of Nolan Arenado could be the best thing for the team right now. Um, Or at next trade deadline here in the next year before, certainly better than losing him for nothing or, or losing him for not having to pay him anymore. 
And so, yeah, and, and Will Nolan would have to bet on himself. Nolan, if he opts out, would have to bet that going into his age 31 season, after playing nine years in Colorado, there's $200 million plus six-year future contract available in the current financial climate. He's also got to bet on him having a really good 2021. Because if he has a bad 2021 or in, like a mediocre 2021, after having a bad 2020 and a 2019 that was pretty good in a lot of ways, but where where he had like the worst month of his career right when the Rockies fell apart when they, they needed him the most, all of a sudden, he's not a guy anyone wants to pay $30 million to, and he's going to take whatever he – he's definitely taking that thing. And then it is a problem for the Rockies, actually, unless he he turns it around and, and does get better. Now, I don't anticipate that happening, but again, yeah, th- these are all of the reasons why – I think when they stack up, there's just too many of those things that go, you know what? I get why Monfort and Brighto would roll the dice and say, you opt out. Yeah, he would He would actually need uh, six years, $164 million um, no. to match what he'd get remaining in those those final six years. And, you know, what, what if he got, you know, what if he got $40 million less than that? So he got 75% of what he was hoping to get. Maybe well, it's more years. The players union would never let that happen. Well, they, they would, they would have talked, they would talk to him beforehand, obviously. <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't come to that. Like he, there'd be guys at the offer. door. You're not going to, Hey, 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 Nolan, we hear you were thinking about making a deal. And, and, and when we should, we should clarify that. Like when we talk about the players association, their involvement, you know, they they can communicate with him so that before he even gets to that decision, they go, look, you know, we saw what happened. In free agency, we know we got the new collective bargaining agreement. Here are some of the things we're looking to do and pivot, you know, to try to get more money out there. But we can't have our guys on the high end of the spectrum, you know, lowering that number because we need right. you on the high end. It's one thing if he was in the middle or or was just a you know a guy who's arbitration eligible, whatever. Right. That's, right. that's a big difference. But like part of you know that qualifying offer is on the the highest 125 salaries in the game and. You're now lowering that qualifying offer if you end up taking less money. Um, so, on, on, if, if if that wasn't a factor, Nolan could go. Well, shoot, I'll take seventy five percent of my deal if I right. can go to L A. or right. San Diego, Wherever. which yeah, would not yeah. be a good fit. But but you know, <laughs> Southern California, where you know that's where I'm from, and I think I can win a championship there a lot easier. So a lot easily. So um, I, I'm going to do that. That's good for me. Um, but, but again, if, if he were to opt out and then a team, the best offer he gets is $125 million over X amount of years, I mean, that, that's it. The Players Association has no involvement in that. They can't tell him to not take it if that is the right. best offer that's on the deal. They can only tell him to not opt out, and then after that, all bets are off. The yeah. other interesting wrinkle, too, I want to point out is just because because you know we – we know that there's a there's a budding of heads between Arenado and Breidich. And we think, okay, well, there's some stress, there's some tension there. Hey, let's relieve uh, let's release some of that tension by letting go of Nolan Arenado, and now things are a little bit better. Just because Nolan Arenado could potentially be gone in a trade doesn't mean Jeff Breidich wouldn't be let go as well at some point. Because I don't oh, know yeah. that you I don't know even know that you want him to to kind of you know keep his hands on the reins here, and you might say, you know what, 
your last duty is to help clean house a little bit financially. And now it sets the table a little bit more for the next guy, which again, well, just creates point, an interesting got, scenario. And, and, and you've got cover at that point anyway, too. Like you're, yeah, you're exactly right. Cause you're like, well, now we're, now we're in a transition, right? We just mm -hmm. got rid of Nolan Arenado. Nobody knows what to expect from us. So we might as well use this opportunity. You can even get rid of Jeff Breidich, put, uh, one of the the zacks in there to <laughs> it's like pick a zack and put him in there to to run it as an interim guy for a year while Jonathan Daza plays center field all year you know all the things we've talked about use 2021 as an experiment and rebuild to use the whole year to search for your next gm um and if we're saying if we're saying you know trading nolan that's bad fans not happy but we're going to resign trevor story with that money Fans are okay. That's not that doesn't balance it out. Now uh, on the books and, it, and helps. If, if you're, it helps. No, absolutely. But I, again, this is such a weird specific thing where teams go, where fans might might not understand, you know how how that all works. And you go, yeah, but you had them both, and now you only have one. So right. how is this better? And you go, well, but he wasn't even a free agent yet. So why didn't you keep him? Well, he was right. going to be at the end he of the year. Was, right. So it's not enough if you have that if you make that trade, lowercase t. But right. if you then on top of the re-signing of Trevor Story, you do let go of your general manager, which is a thing the fans also want. Right. And, and you, you install somebody new. It doesn't really matter who else. Now maybe you go, okay, Actually, you know what? You know what? Yeah. I think now uh, I'm not happy about that, Nolan. I am happy about Breidich. I am happy we're going to get Trevor Story. Charlie Blackman's still in right field. Okay, great. All right, we're allowed to be back into sporting events. <laughs> we got we got a kid from Wyoming playing. Yeah. Again, I mean, you're right. You're right. Re he might want to stick around. He could be really great for the community. And again, after uh, a little bit of uh, rumbling and grumbling from the fan base after a month or so, they come out going, actually, you know what? We got we got more things that we wanted than things that we didn't want get taken away. Yeah. Maybe. I, I, Maybe. I think you're right. I think there's a way they, they probably won't win that PR battle, but there's a way to win that. There's a way to sell that. Sure. You're absolutely right. There's a way to sell that. So uh, speaking of ways to sell things, well, ways to make a little bit of money so that you maybe don't need to start selling all of your uh, stuff lying around your house while you're <laughs> waiting for things to come back during this pandemic. You can make a little extra cash on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, especially if you're a big basketball fan, actually, I've got a little bit of a secret for you. Even if you know nothing about basketball, you can make money betting on basketball this weekend because they're hooking you up with an unbelievable deal. When you use promo code DNVR on opening night, they give you a plus 75 point spread on the team of your choice. That's right. You just pick a team that's playing opening night. They're going to play a basketball game. If they don't lose by more than 75 points, they won't. That doesn't happen in the no. NBA. <laughs> that just does not happen in the NBA, not since Wilt the Stilt retired. And so you will win your money, whatever it is. Obviously, it depends on you know what you put in and what the odds are on that game or whatever. But they're giving you a nice, solid boost there because all you've got to do is not lose – by more than 75 points. And if you do lose by more than 75 points, well, at least you'll have a story to tell your children and your grandchildren forever and ever about the time you threw down 15 bucks on a team that actually lost by 76 points in the NBA. So <laughs> uh, download that top rated 
DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to get that plus 75 point spread on opening night for the NBA and a shot to double your money. That promo code DNVR for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or over. Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Well, Drew, if you were watching UFC last weekend, I had big money on Brandon Moreno to come through and, yep. uh, and beat the champ. And while he didn't, it was considered by many to be the fight of the year. You had UFC 256, and it was a majority draw. So the champion did get to keep his belt. So I, I, I can't fully give myself a oh, thought on that. Man, that's brutal. I think that does end my streak. I mean, I guess you can't say, hey, I've won seven weeks in a row. I just definitely have not lost. There you go. For seven consecutive weeks. And I'm feeling good about this next one because – I, again, I want to win people some money. So uh, that's why my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week is Sheffield United, who are right now at plus 410 over Brighton and Hove Albion. So Sheffield is at the bottom of the table right now in the English Premier League. They have not won a game. They've played 13, and they've drawn once. That's it. They've given up 17 more goals than they've scored, but they're playing a team that's 16th. They've only won two games themselves last week they drew against another relegation team in in fulham uh whereas you got sheffield united they only lost three two to the manchester united and i feel like mm. the score is going to be two one i do i nailed the north london derby uh and won some people some big bucks there in that that tottenham arsenal two nil victory and i and i want to tell people to go and, and put some money on a two one sheffield win that's going to be plus fourteen hundred or if you want to make a $10 bet, you're going to win 140 bucks. That being said, I'll keep it safe. I'll take the win. Sheffield United, my DraftKings Sportsbook Pick of the Week, plus 410. Cash in right now. Love it. Love it. First of all, you got some baseball logic in there because they're due. That's fantastic. And the team's called Sheffield. I mean, baseball. Right. Like, hello. Plus, plus... <clears throat> You've got the shoot. Now you now you threw me off with the Sheffield thing. I forgot Sorry. the other point that I was gonna make. I was, I was baseball. So I think of baseball analogies and uh, tying into soccer. Oh, you lost. I don't know. You're I just thinking. Is there a club called McGriff City? Right. There's Maybe. Kind of, yeah. No, I like it. Partable County FC. There might be. I don't know all of those lower level leagues, but true clash of the Titans. We got going on here. <laughs> all right. Speaking of clashes of the Titans, um, if wild, the innocent has his way at some point, we're going to have to have our theoretical Nostars teams go up against each other. But Patrick, I've got to say, I fear this day. And, and, and like I said earlier, look, I knew I done messed up. All right, folks, look, <laughs> we put out the poll. I actually didn't put out the poll at first. And then all of the comments came back. We're like, Patrick clearly won this thing. I was surprised anyone voted for me in the poll last. I saw it was a 70-30 split. So thank you to 30% of you. Who I assume all did that out of pity. Um, Barb, just so you know, your mom does have four or five burner accounts. That's so okay. That actually calculates for most of those. Love you, Barb. That makes sense. That, that, that tracks. But <laughs> um, I'll tell you what I did wrong. I want to tell you a couple of things. Where I do where, want to know because you know, 
Yeah. I do want to know because we did talk beforehand about, you know, we didn't talk strategy, but just how it would be interesting. And, you know, I have maybe a, a proclivity for kind of valuing players more on their, their on-field prowess versus maybe how their, you know, fans might feel towards a certain player. And, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, I'll give up a couple war here. If you got a guy from, you know, he was on the 2007 club, so that's worth a little bit. And yet I went in with a different strategy. Drew, you might have been expecting something. Much like much like our food draft, I was not expecting right. for the other four people we were with, including yourself, to bring the heat. You might have been surprised too because you and me, we were kind of at the bottom. It was really right. only our, our super producer, Kale, who really right. stunk it up. But everyone else like crushed it. And I was like, I should have prepared more. I didn't wrap my head around for scenario B or scenario C. I just thought right. it's definitely going to go this way. And what was that? Was that the case? You thought I was gonna zig, and I, I zagged, I zigged, and I zagged again. Yeah, yeah. There, there were a couple. Looking back on it, I, I got too attached to the. The very first thing that happened was your first pick of Dexter Fowler uh, was not what I was expecting, and so that mm-hmm. put me back on my heels right away. And you think I, I was going? To, I was going to go for it. Well, I, I wasn't. I, I really hadn't thought about how, who you were going to go with hmm. for your first pick. Well. I figured you'd actually, I figured you'd go with one of two people, either Jorge De La Rosa or Justin Morneau. Okay. I figured Morneau because of the reasons you ended up taking him, right? The lack of depth at first base, all of the things that we talked about. And and he's somebody that I considered with the very first pick as well. I I think what got me in trouble more than anything, honestly, is the Jorge De La Rosa pick. And, and that's really too bad because I think a better draft strategy was to wait longer on starting pitching or the other thing that I needed to do was have really doubled down on it. Where I lost the whole thing was when you took Herman Marquez and Kyle Freeland, because once you did that and you won the fans over with those pitchers who everybody loves and who also have quite a bit of talent. And you can also kind of dream on their potential where the the guys were taking in the past. They just were what they were, their careers were over or whatever. When, when you had done that, I'd left you too much good pitching yeah. to take Jorge De La Rosa where I did. Now he, he deserves to go, you know, at the top of the draft or whatever. But the biggest thing was that the, for the Nostars at the very least, there was so much more depth at starting pitcher. And I needed to take one of the two guys you got next. That's what the, the most of it was lost right there when you took Morneau and Atkins I don't have either one of those guys to anchor my lineup. Mm-hmm. And you know, I stand by the Kaz Matsui pick, by the way, even though it I'm counting on people to, to recognize how underrated he was and go back like put up a 3.6 war that year. Like, yeah, yeah, he did. Um, but yeah, I needed to grab either a Morneau or an Atkins. Um, I needed to think more about offense because while I do think I got the better pitching in defense. I didn't get it by significantly enough that it could overweigh how much better your lineup is than mine. Just so much significantly better than mine. Uh, Even though you've got some light hitters at the bottom of that thing with Walt Weiss and Jamie Carroll, like there's, you know, I I feel like with Jeff Reed at the bottom of my lineup, I've, I've got some decent depth there, but I just, with Corey Dickerson, maybe I've got one bat you're really scared of if there's a DH and I can put Giambi in there and 
you know, Reynolds if he's hot, but you've got the middle of your lineup just is, is killer. And I should have disrespected Jorge De La Rosa and left him for like a fourth round draft pick or something. like that. It's terrible. Yeah. That's why I lost it. Yeah. You know, in, in having participated in a lot of fantasy baseball drafts, again, I'm looking at, you know, positional depth and there was tons with the starting pitching. And even yeah. with you having taken Jorge De La Rosa off the table right away, I, I still went with two more bats and, you know, might've, might've continued again. Uh, but, but it, at that point, like you said, yeah, it was better for me to, to grab the, the heartstrings of the fans with Freeland and Marquez with my, my fourth and fifth pick. But once I, yeah, once I had those three big dudes right there with, with, with Fowler, Atkins and Morneau, probably the three best hitters of, of, of who were out there. I mean, you could probably maybe make the case for a couple other guys at different points of their career. But, Dickerson, and, but how they're revered too. Like there's that, right. there's that the reverence. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I kind of knew that going in that there was a, there was a fun factor to this, not just like, well, look at the numbers. My right. war is, you know, yeah. and, and his war yeah. is down here. Yeah. But you got, you know, the, the Reed twins uh, as we are now dubbing them or, or right. other guys that people are like, ah, yeah. I mean, that was kind of before my era, like cool. You got Charlie Hayes on your bench or something, but you know, how much is that worth? So I, I, I balanced that. And, and I also looked to see like, you know, I, I looked at how many at bats a guys had uh, with the Rockies and of the top 11 guys um, who are null stars that we said, you know, we, we, we took the cream of the crop away. Uh, right. I had nine of those 11 guys. The only one you had was Clint Barmas. And the only one missing that neither of us had was Ian Desmond. So yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> I, I, what I ended up doing, which was not really what I, I set out to do was I ended up drafting the all underrated team. That's what I did. All of these guys who just never got enough credit and a lot of them weren't really around for that long. So they're not remembered as well. They were my, my team is basically made up of guys that Rockies fans are you know, going to baseball reference or fan graphs going, wait, who, yeah. why did he take it? Underrated, <laughs> never remembered or heard of, yeah. but, yeah. but, but yeah. you should. And that was one of the reasons why we did this. We said anyone, right. could, and that, you know, we did it with the Derby. Cause I mean, that's great. I don't, I don't think people are signing up to watch, you know, Mike Kingery and Jay Payton go head to head or Todd Hollinsworth and Jeremy Burnett's. I mean, no, I, no. but sure. you know, a majority of folks. So we said, how can we give some shine to some of these, you know, lesser known guys. And here we are, we're getting a second day of, of content saying, ah, you know, did I go too high on, on Kaz Matsui or mm, should I have gone with Ryan McMahon with my final pick over Ryan Spielborgs? And I think it, I think it kind of brought to light some names and, and it gave people a reason to look and go, all right, we know Drew knows his Rockies history inside and out. Why the heck does he have Mike Kingery or Jay Payton in his starting lineup? That was the go problem. And check those guys out, but it's, no, I think know, it does a service. Now people are going to go right. and check that out and go, yeah. "Oh wow, Mike Kingery had an amazing, you know, season in in '94. He's a guy that I've never heard this guy's name before." Or right. Steve Reed and, and Jeff Reed, and oh my gosh, look at how much war you know Steve Reed put up. This is the greatest relief pitcher, hands down, in in, in Rockies history. If you're just looking at wins above replacement, how is this guy not the the perennial pitching coach? Like he should just right. be locked in that role. So it it it, it it, again, it, it brings to light, it highlights, it puts a spotlight on some of these guys. And, and this was, you know, I'll give credit where credit's due. This was Drew's idea. I, I think it was. Uh, I think you, you, you came up with this. And uh, I think so. said, what if we did something like this? And I, I said, oh, this is brilliant. And partially because the nerd part of my brain goes, all right, so I now have a reason to nerd out 
and to dig into <laughs> all this content that means nothing to you know anybody outside of, of of DNVR and outside of our fan base. And those of you that that did listen or, or are going to listen to it, because uh, it's it's essentially a standalone episode, you're gonna love it, and it, it's gonna be fantastic. If we did draft a team of the worst players, Drew, would it be the same guys? I don't. No, no, no. 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 The Rockies have no. had plenty of yeah. not so good <clears throat> players. Yeah. We could do that sometime. That would be harder to do, though. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I don't think that would be that much fun. I don't feel so good about that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that that one would not be so fun. Uh, Before we get into our very last topic of the day, though, Patrick, I do want to tell you something I am very excited about that is very fun, and that's a new sponsor we've got here at DNVR. And I've got to confess, confess, I got a little sneak. I got a little backstage pass for the Hassle Cattle Company. That's right. You know, with Breck Beer, we bring you damn good beer. But now with Hassle Cattle Company, we're bringing you damn good beef. Now, they call their beef the Blue Collar Wagyu. I think that's how you're supposed to pronounce it. Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon. That beef bacon is a life changer. If you haven't had the Wagyu beef bacon, um, actually, I'm going to give you a, a direct quote. Uh, from my girlfriend who done cooked the stuff up, served it to me. And she said, I did not know that Wagyu beef bacon was the thing missing from my life that I needed. And uh, it turns out it was, we were immediate converts to this particular thing. Uh, The hamburger has won food networks, Northeast burger jam. So not only do we love their beef, the country loves their beef. These guys take their registered bulls and breeds with them, uh, with Angus cows giving you the very high prime product that is grown with zero antibiotics and hormones. Very, very important. So head to hasslecattlecompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, cattlecompany.com, and use the promo code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. That's DNVR10 for 10% off any orders over $200, and you receive free shipping. So check them out. We promise you not be disappointed. I'm telling you folks, damn good beef. The bacon and the steaks are what I've tried so far. Can personally vouch for those delicious. Even the steaks, you know, I, I actually fried up one of those. Katie did one. She knows how to do it. It was, it was delicious, but I'm not always the best at the, the steak situation. So if you're not even an expert steak cooker and you don't do it the best, well, it's doing a lot of the heavy lifting for you. You overdo it just a little bit doesn't matter. It's still delicious. You got to check them out. Great quality. You can't go wrong with that. And like you said, you can't ruin it because it's already so good. (laughs) Right. Right. Totally. Uh, So one thing, Patrick, that uh, Major League Baseball had ruined, but certainly had left in a state of silliness for far too long uh, that they have finally corrected now is adding the Negro League's to major league status. And there's you know, a lot of confusion, I feel like, out there about what exactly this means. It's going to affect the record books some, but but not a ton. Um, it's, it's largely symbolic, really, but symbols are important. Symbols matter. And this one really matters. And, you know, even some of the language I've seen being used around this where people have said, like, the Negro Leagues have been elevated to major league baseball status. It's like the Negro leagues were always 
a foundational bedrock of baseball in this country. And while you can't necessarily create a direct analogy to Major League Baseball, the idea that they were ever anything less, especially at their time, uh, is just remarkably silly. And so I, I don't think too many people have meant any harm by it. But again, let's just remember that the Negro Leagues have not been elevated. People who have an institution, I should say, that has not properly or fairly recognized the Negro Leagues in the past has finally decided to do so. Yeah, those are the two key words, uh, elevation and recognition. Because, yeah, they didn't need elevating, and it was really just a matter of recognizing you know, something that was, was long overdue. Ba- baseball, Major League Baseball, had an opportunity to do this a long time ago. In fact, 1968, there was a special committee that got together to say, hey, you know, there's, there were a lot of different you know, versions of Major League, all of which lasted no longer than, than two years. The, the Federal League was the longest one, lasting for two years, I think, in 19... 19- 12 and 1913. I'll remember our Ken Burns, how we yeah. were taking notes during the pandemic. I was anyway. saying 1912-1913, you had the Players right. League, uh, two others, and you know they they said, no, we're, we're, we're not going to uh, recognize it as, as being um, sort of equal. You know, and the, and the difference between you know all of the, all of these that are uh, these leagues that are now major league is that the Negro Leagues didn't have a choice. You know, they, you know, the, the, the players league, federal league, these are all people making, you know, business moves saying, Hey, you know, we can do it better. And, um, you know, we, we want people to have an option and we think we're a better option The the Negro leagues were, did not come about because they were like, Oh, we want to get into this business too. Uh, no, they weren't, they weren't permitted. They weren't allowed. Um, I, I think the, the possibly the, the best part of all this is that for those folks, I think most people probably listening to our podcast probably do understand, you know, what the Negro Leagues are and, um, you know, what they meant to African-Americans and, and how they came about and, and, and everything with Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier in 1947. But there's going to be a lot of people that didn't really know that the Negro Leagues were equal to, you know, major leagues, to the major league baseball, mm-hmm. and that, you know, these players who, you know, you go to baseball reference and look around and you could spend hours upon hours and you're just not really going to stumble upon, you know, Josh Gibson or cool Papa bell or mule subtle, you know, like any, any of these guys, you're just not going to find because there's, there's not that database. And so, you know, thanks to the work of, of uh, such saber members as Larry Lester. I, I got to talk with him last summer on San Diego for the convention. And, and it's amazing what, uh, he and his group of researchers have done. They've uh, basically been able to find about 75%. Um, I think it's actually closer to 73% of all the games that they believe um, were played as part of the uh, part of the Negro Leagues. The one, you know, in our Discord, we had a real cool conversation about, you know, what's the historical impact of this, yeah. and it and it and it won't be, you know, Josh Gibson. We're not going to be able to prove a like, that Josh give him all eighty home runs for all every year for yeah that or he had eight hundred home runs in his career a there's we're never going to be able to prove that unfortunately and b not all of those eight hundred home runs took place in league games and so you know we don't we don't count the the games in which you know Babe Ruth is is playing Lou Gehrig's team of all stars over in Japan or any kind of barnstorming games those were not considered league games uh, even playoff games when we when we talk about 
um, you know, right. all, all Pete Rose's hits and 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 various players and their 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 accomplishments. We're 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 taking out their playoff home runs. They hit more than that. They hit more in spring training too. But we're just talking about regular season. And so, right. and so many of those regular seasons um, were at at really shortened years, anywhere from like sixty to eighty games. I even saw something recently digging around on a really fantastic site uh, that crashed yesterday because so many people were going to it. Yeah. Uh, it's called Seamheads. So Seamheads.com, uh, fantastic site that you know one player, I think he had 76 home games and about 22 games on the road. So yeah. there's, there's an imbalance, but right. who cares? I want right. to see those numbers. Show us the numbers, man. Yeah. Yeah. And so it'll be more of the rate stats. You know, I think Josh Gibson is now going to have, you know, the 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 all-time record for batting average, you know, hit something around like 466. I think he hit 461. It was what he's credited as, but you'd actually need to take out um, two different all-star games that he played in in the, in the postseason. So his, his batting average in the regular season was actually a little bit higher than that. There's a couple where, you know, guys only played 30 games right. in the regular season that, that have slightly higher numbers. Uh, but, hey, it, what better time to kind of allow this to go down than a season that we just had with only 60 games? So now yeah. we don't have to have that debate of, yeah, but guys now are playing 160. No, this is a really good time on the 100th anniversary of the Negro Leagues began in 1920. And, you know – it's it, the biggest, you know, another one of the issues with the pandemic is we didn't get a chance to focus on the Negro Leagues as much as we would have loved to have in this 100th anniversary, this centennial year. Right. You know, we were, we focused on KBO for a little bit in Japan and, you know, and, and the season that we had, we had to, you know, put all of our attention on it. And yet there wasn't the, the normal celebration we would have, you know, had for the Negro Leagues. And, it, and it's great now that we're going to have that. And it's, it's going to continue for a while as we learn more and, and more information gets out and the, the regular sports fan learns about this and it's going to blow their mind in a, in a, re- a lot of positive ways. And it's going to, you know, bring a lot of, you know, uh, positivity to, to the, the fair rights, you know, movements and, uh, and, and so many wonderful things. So it's, I view it more as, as a positive, uh, but we do know that there is um, those negative tinges in that it, it should have never come to this. Right. In the first place, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think one of the things that we can do is as these stats get updated and as, as things like baseball reference and, and, and other places, and we can check out, um, it was Seamheads. That, that, that's the one yeah. you said, right? Yeah, Seamheads.com. And, uh, you know, we can, we can take some time and, and highlight a guy, you know, who, who we should each week. Mom, well, well, of course, you know, we talked a lot about Buck O'Neill during the Ken Burns thing, but we can go through his actual, like, baseball stats at some point. I think that would be fun. Some of the players that you just mentioned. So that's something that we can do. Uh, certainly, you know, uh, while we're in the off season here, if, if some of these stats are coming out and we can go back and look at some of these guys, because, yeah, I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I, I can't wait. And, and there's going to be a lot of interesting ramifications. It's much like with this season, how we're, we're going to have to figure out creative ways of saying, well, Nolan Arenado has hit 40 or more home runs in six consecutive regular 162-game seasons. It becomes season very wordy, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And yeah. what's an interesting thing now is, you know, we 
you know, Willie Mays played in the Negro Leagues, Ernie Banks, obviously Jackie Robinson. Right, there are these crossover guys who who started their careers there and then still had enough major league time. It actually reminded me too of will there ever be a day for like Ichiro or whatever. And that that's not the same level of, but right. If you if you but it, there's a similar question of if sure. you added all of Ichiro's hits from Japan, and remember he made his major league debut at 27. So if, what we're saying is if you give him his hits and it's similar to these guys from the Negro League eras from like 21 to 26, Ichiro Suzuki has more hits in a major league than anyone in history, if yeah. that counted, right? So it's going to be, there's going to be some of these ramifications. Jackie Robinson's numbers are going to get quite a bit better, I think. And um, so what that means is, and I'm, I'm yeah. glad you brought up Ichiro as a great example. What that means is that fateful day in, I believe it was 2017 that you and I were in the ballpark. We didn't witness each year's 3,000th hit. They had a great celebration for no particular reason. Six. Yeah, they're like, why did they stop the game for a random triple for this 40-year-old guy? Well, that's part of the context. So now Willie May, you know, and a lot of these these crossover players, they didn't play very long in the Negro Leagues because they were, you know, they were teenagers. So they didn't really, you know, accumulate too many stats, but it does – it does tweak the numbers ever so slightly too. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking to see, you know, how much, you know, closer Hank Aaron maybe gets to yeah. to Barry Bonds, and yeah, and and all those stories where you go, all right, we got to go back and rewrite history. When did Willie Mays hit that home run? Because I think he I think he maybe only had something like 17 hits in the Negro Leagues. So you got to go back and go, when was that day? He didn't he didn't know that that was his three that nobody did until you know 2020 or 2021. That's so phenomenal. that will be fun. That will be a good thing. And if you were if you were at that Ichiro game and, and some someday they do right. add NPB stats, you still have that memory. It's it's still that same story. Now you've got another caveat to tag onto it and go, as it turns out, I I guess I wasn't there. No, wait, no, I was there. <laughs> right. But it didn't count. No, it did count. It just happened to be and and, and then someone from a couple of years time. earlier gets like, they were like, ah, well, I remember going to some random Mariners versus White Sox game. It wasn't very good. Ichiro went like two for five. They lost seven to two. But years later, they tell me I was actually at the game where he got his 3,000th hit. And now I remember it and go back. And like, I love it. Man. We're going to be able to do this so much. Yeah, we're we might be able to depending on how, how fast we can get to a printing press, we might be able to crank out a couple new trivia books and go. Here's all the trivia you need to now relearn because everything you think you know is not true right. whatsoever. All and the that's numbers, fun. That's exciting. We know yes. baseball has such great tradition, but even when it changes, we can still celebrate that tradition and and we can learn new traditions. And you know, baseball evolves with the times, and this is wonderful to see this this evolution come yeah. about yeah. so hang out with us we're going to keep looking into it we're going to keep talking about it we're going to keep writing articles that you're going to want to read on the dnvr.com we're going to keep posting stuff on social media where we talk about all these rumors and everything that's going on on a day-to-day -day basis Follow us at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies. If you do subscribe to the DNVR.com, you get even better access because you can hang out with us in our Discord chat, ask us all kinds of questions, ask other Rockies fans questions, or just go to – I saw a few other Discord rooms that popped up and not necessarily yeah. stuff into, but the skiing snowboarding group is popping off. Not, You're not into food? 
Not, you don't and, eat food, I, I'm not in the food. I'm such a bad food. I'm really not. But people hanging out, being foodies, love it. Whatever you're into, man, there's a, a group of people inside the DNVR community who want to talk to you, help you out. Um, I, I, I can't remember if I told this story here, but I, I definitely did on the DNVR gaming podcast about how I was able to get a PS5, which is something that no one's able to get right now because of the DNVR community, because someone in our community heard that I wasn't able to get mine through difficult circumstances. They sold me one at cost, um, made my Christmas and, and, and just, you know, so those are the kinds of connections that you can have, uh, that you can form the the things you can do. People will, they can't, they'll save you money, man. Though there are people in our gaming channel telling you what graphics card you want to get snowboard channel they, they'll they know all the deals about when to get the passes at what times or whatever all the there's a pets assuming- channel too there's a bet where people are going hey i know you guys might not know ping pong but right now in latvia you cannot miss i've got an inside source that so and so sprained his pinky and you're like well that's all i need to know cha-ching boom love it so no matter what and obviously, always the Rockies talk, the sports talk will be here for you. We love having you around. Keep being absolutely awesome out there. We promise to keep being absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.